Hi, welcome to this episode of Bloodhound Picks. As always, I am one of your hosts, Craig. I'm Kyle. And I'm Josh. In this episode, we are doing our Screener Spotlight segment, where we are looking at two films, Synchronic, which was a huge, highly anticipated movie during the festival circuit, made a kind of big splash, and then it unfortunately got postponed a little bit because of the pandemic, but they finally just decided to release it on direct-to-video. And then we're also talking about I Need You Dead by Rocco Zeven- Zevenbergen. Yes, that's how you say it. Okay. Um, I guess since they both kind of came out almost a year ago and then were pushed back for different reasons because of the pandemic, let's just go with Synchronic first and have go into that. Josh, since you've been the one that, I mean, I know all of us, are big fans of the the dual directors, but this was Josh's most anticipated film of for years. <laughs> it feels like so. I'm gonna have like him, it. yeah, give the synopsis of what Synchronic is. Um. Okay. So yeah, it, it does feel like it's been I don't know at least since like 2019. I want to say. Um, so yeah, it, it actually, it is, it says it's 2019, um, which is really funny. That must've just been like the festival run, but anyway, so yeah, for those that aren't aware, Synchronic is, um, it's about two paramedics that work in, uh, New Orleans and they're, they're two guys, uh, Jamie Dornan and, and Anthony Mackey, um, are pretty much best friends. Um, and as the movie begins and progresses, they kind of get called to these like bizarre, gruesome, sometimes weird, uh, accidents. Um, and then they discover, um, this random drug, uh, is pretty much at every, it is at every one of these, um, these locations, um, and um, the Anthony Mackie character uh, kind of becomes um, his own sort of detective when um, Jamie Dornan's daughter goes missing um, after after doing some synchronic. Um, so this is an extremely high concept idea that's just masterfully executed by two filmmakers that might be my favorite right now maybe ever um because in typical sort of benson moorhead fashion this concept for this film is an is extremely high but it's not it's it's executed perfectly as i said and it's very sort of low-key done in that um you know, they're always like shooting on locations. They're always kind of um, using the simplest means possible to to tell their stories. Um, this one happens to have a lot of VFX um, in in that once you uh, take um, the synchronic, you go back in time. So 
there's a lot of um, sort of parallel world shifting type scenes that that work out really well. Um, so this was this was pretty much, I guess, my uh, film of the year for 2019, 2020, 2021. Um, and it, it it's 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 masterfully done. Um, it's one of the best definitely within the past 10 years science fictiony type weird stories um that's that's how how good i think it is <clears throat> okay i mean i yeah i agree with you for a lot of it i think that yeah one of the the great kind of elements when you you're working with high concept i realized because i was going to talk about it more that it's like this movie that's both I don't want to spoil anything. It's hard to talk about without spoiling stuff, but then it's also hard to actually spoil anything because it's like there's so many kind of kind of elements to its concept. But yeah, what's nice about it is that they really focus on this relationship for a long period of time between the two characters and you kind of get what's this term we we've used a lot on the show and used in, in our written reviews of like the, the mumble core or the mumble gore, whatever element or version you want to call it, where you get that, where it's like a lot of dialogue scenes and a lot about the characters themselves mixed with this high concept. And I mean, I think it just works. I think the, yeah, it's inter It's definitely one of those movies where, I'm interested to see because I know they got signed on to do some of the moonlight or moon Knight movie or episodes or whatever for Marvel. And I'm wonder if, yeah, that's unfortunate. If it's going to be, yeah. One of those, <laughs> one of those things where, you know, it feels like one of those movies that pushes them to that next level, but also that those movies are those Marvel films and TV series are a whole different style of filmmaking that you know many directors don't come back from after that so i'm curious to see what kind of happens to their careers afterwards and if they can kind of keep that what they have or if they're you know going to become like whatever another cog in the machine type of thing <laughs> sadly but that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> hopefully not yeah i mean i loved it too i thought it was one of the most interesting time travel concepts I've seen in forever. And just the fact of using like the where you are geographically has part of the travel, which makes sense. And the drug and the like only seven minutes and all of these things were super unique, which is nice to see. Cause you know, I don't know. I feel like we all love time travel movies, but you know, there's plenty of terrible ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought they used like no. What did you say? Oh no! I think they by what they did, I think they were able to kind of avoid some of the issues that come with time travel movies because some time travel movies, when they do it, going into the sciency portion of it, like you know, you have all these people like, oh well, that can't work because time travel works in this way, and you know, blah blah blah, which nobody that we know of has actually done it, so they can't. Yeah, know, it so. doesn't exist. <laughs> Well, they, they usually create some kind of paradox that yeah. 
screw you know what i mean that you immediately go like oh that that would cause a problem and they ignore yeah. it or something um but i thought they did great too with the vfx i mean like you guys were talking about but like incorporating them in a way that makes the story ex- uh, believable and effective with these different time periods and shit but it's not like super spectacly overdone it's there yeah. to serve the story it's not just like oh look at this cool shit for no reason like you know like the typical kind of big budget yeah. version of this would do um yeah. and i you know don't give a shit that they're doing moon night yeah. i'm just like <laughs> you guys have your own fucking i mean i get it but you have your own shit so now you're just gonna yeah. do regular shit and get paid which is great but I'm not going to watch Moon Knight. All right. So I do have to say that you're talking about that, you know, and I agree about the spectacle and going over. There are were points for me where, especially in the, what, the first 30 minutes or whatever for the opening, where it seemed like every other shot was (laughs) like a zoom to a drone or a drone shot or like some crane shot type of thing. Where or one of those ones where that I guess is popular now, where they do the turn of the camera, where it looks like the street is now in the sky and whatever. There was you know moments where they did that a bunch. That kind that unfortunately it took me out a little bit. Where I was like, oh, they're doing another one of those shots. That and maybe and I, you know I know we've talked about it, and maybe it's one of those things. If those of you who are listening who wants to talk about it more about doing all of these reviews and that now kind of to the point of like editing um, and very strict on like wanting a shorter movie that I don't know in my brain I was just kind of watching going oh you could cut that you could cut which I know it helps establish stuff but yeah I didn't feel that with this but I do I usually look for that, to be honest, because you yeah. see it in so many things where they're just like, this movie's not that great, but here's a drone. We have a drone <laughs> and we're going to let yeah. you know we have a drone and maybe you'll just think uh, we're better than we are because we yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, um, this this movie doesn't make a wrong choice, <laughs> Craig. Yeah. <laughs> And no, I will say that I think, um, yeah, both of the actors do. I haven't seen all of the, I, I mean, I haven't seen that whatever Shades of Grey movies or any of them. And I haven't seen, I, I think I've seen a couple of the Marvel movies with Anthony Mackie in them. But I mean, this is some of the I mean, best acting I think either of them have done in terms of being able to actually explore these characters and kind of make grounded characters and not be in something that's just so, as Kyle, you've put, so spectacle-driven that it's about, you know, the prop instead of the character. You need to see Half Nelson, bro. Yeah. Anthony Mackie's always been great. He's never bad. I forgot anything. about... No, I forgot he was in that one. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he has done whatever he... what I can't even remember his character now. The Falcon? Falcon, yeah. Yeah. But now I think he's the new Captain America. I don't know. I don't watch I any so. of the recent. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> hey, so Ugh. we all enjoyed it, and now we're going on to the 
even though they're both indie, one that's a little more indie than this one, of I Need You Dead, which came out, I think, from what we're told, it actually was a released in theaters for one night, basically right before the pandemic hit. They did, what was it, uh, a little drive-in run of like three or four nights, and then it's been DVDs, and now they're about to, I think, try and get it onto streaming services. So hopefully by the time this episode drops, it should be available to watch. Uh, Kyle? Yeah, you wanna... it, it, it <laughs> doesn't say anything about when, when this comes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they're still yeah. looking for distribution. So, yeah. yeah, from what... That's what I figured. So we also did an interview, which you can listen to as well. Uh, with the director and what yeah what he was saying was that they're talking with shutter they're hoping for that one but then they're also like yeah just trying to find some other streaming service to start getting more of an international push and all that but since kyle is the big fan of trauma and this is very inspired by trauma i will have him tell it also there will be spoilers because there's a big twist reveal in like the first 30 minutes so yeah that we can't get around spoiler <laughs> alert yeah yeah so it's basically like at least it starts as a trauma kind of inspired very frank hennenlauder-esque kind of thing with these punk kids and basically this guy takes these drugs these gummy bear drugs <laughs> And dummy gummies dummy gummies oh yeah this guy's name is dude <laughs> so we know where we are <laughs> and what kind of movie this is the dude's name is dude uh he takes these drugs he gives birth or whatever i don't know even i can't even remember how the thing actually spawns it comes out of the ground it comes out of oh, okay. the ground yeah. i couldn't yeah. remember if it came out of him <laughs> or what but it, so it comes out of oh, the it's... ground yeah yeah <laughs> this fleshy demony thing head. yeah this head that's you know like his id or whatever yeah. it's trying to get him to do shit um but then we pull back into kind of a meta take of the filmmaking team looking at basically what was the first 20 30 minutes of the movie and, <laughs> and commenting on it which is kind of funny and then that becomes a whole parallel thread of the movie uh so we cut back and forth between this story within a story mm -hmm. and the making of the film and the struggles of making the film and people dropping out and then the movie that they're making becomes incredibly <laughs> dark and bizarre and fucked up and the filmmaker starts like losing his mind um and I knew I was in trouble when I saw that this was like an hour and 47 minutes. No offense, but oh I was like, God. yeah. I think that the first 20, 30 minutes are actually pretty solid in terms of what they're uh, referencing and the way that they do it. And it's just fun and silly. And it's like, if you, if it's not your thing, you're not going to like it, but it's not taking itself seriously. So it's a lot of fun. And then when they pull out for that first meta joke, that's kind of funny. But then when that becomes mm -hmm. half of the movie, it's not that interesting because <laughs> no one gives a shit about people's filmmaking struggles 
like probably at all honestly but especially not in reference to this silly movie that that they're making and i get the impulse to like be afraid to fully commit to that original movie because you don't want to you don't want people to think that you're a bad filmmaker because you're intentionally doing you know the vhs look and all this stuff but by not committing to it it's like you can't have it yeah but then it's like you can't have it both ways and like take the audience aside during the movie and be like no but i'm actually i can do other things (laughs) like you know what i mean it's like you can't do that that doesn't work yeah well i so for me i was gonna say (laughs) that like i think i feel like because i agree with what you're saying completely kyle and that you know i think about the one that's you know really good is one cut of the dead and that's like the one one take zombie film that's 30 again i'm going to be spoiling that one if you haven't seen it um if you yeah just watch on shutter or too bad i'm spoiling it um you know it's what like 35 minutes it's a one take zombie film but you see all these random stuff that are a little bit off or whatever and you're like well, that's weird it didn't work out too well and then you watch the rest of the movie which is like the hour or whatever it is and you're kind of watching the behind the scenes of how they actually made it and so those random things within the i guess one take they make sense oh well it was random because they were trying to make up and trying to make it work or whatever see that ver- that works great for me and i love the movie but yeah this one taking that like putting us in that story for 30 minutes and then doing the like the out you know zoom out or whatever it may be into the the meta or like filmmakers making the movie it kind of yeah it didn't because i was already invested i guess for the 30 minutes and to be like well let's just stick with this one for me i mean i did like the idea that every time a person dropped out like the film quality got worse or you know i mean i appreciate what they were trying to do i guess that's why i could say but you know yeah you're either gonna really like this or it's gonna annoy the (laughs) fuck out of you where are you at josh and then i mean i i again i i I kind of appreciate i appreciate what they were doing but it doesn't really work and I think in to kind of um, go back to what Kyle was talking about in terms of when, you know, we get these breakaways from the fictional movie to the director and shit like that. It happens too often is the problem. Like if it would have just happened, like maybe maybe even one time like at the near or at the end and certainly not a fucking hour and 47 minutes after it started. But I feel like that, that whole shifting would have, would have come across less annoying. Um, And then you obviously wouldn't have been able to pack in as much stuff as they did pack in. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I felt I, to me, it would have worked better that way. Um, and, And, you know, that's not even to mention that this movie is the equivalent of ADHD in that 
you know, it goes along for 10 minutes and then it does something completely different that's completely unrelated for about 10 minutes. And then it goes and does something completely unrelated for about 10 minutes, you know, up until the point where it literally just the main character of the of the fictional part just disappears. And it's like now we're focusing with this gay cop, you know, and it's like it, it's seriously like I don't understand like the thought process if it was just. You know, obviously it was intentionally done that way, but it's, you know, I didn't mind it, but I could, I could definitely see how most people I would imagine would find this really annoying. I think it's like the intention of the meta stuff too, because like when it first happens, you take it like a joke, you know, because it pulls out of this goofy movie and people are, you know, Everyone has notes about this. Yeah. But then as it goes along, it becomes super serious about this guy, you know, the filmmaker, like, losing his mind. Yeah. And it changes tone so much. Yeah, and like you said, like, you lose total track of what the movie within the movie. Um, and it just try It's like it tries to bait and switch you with this goofy, sleazy thing and then become a super serious thing about how depressing it is to try to make silly ass art and it's like okay i didn't <laughs> yeah that was really that was so weird because it's like i don't know how like i don't know how you really expect me to take this seriously but that's kind of what you're trying to get me to do and it's like i can't you had a movie about a giant fucking demon head that makes fun of this guy you know and it was just yeah vomit spewing out everywhere you know i mean it's just like i cannot take any of this fucking seriously but now you want me to be like holy shit this is some serious shit now it's not gonna work well and it's i mean obviously they're not gonna give away the twist in the trailer but like yeah. if we were coming into this completely cold you know like you see the trailer and you expect that one thing and not that you don't ever want to be surprised as an audience but you know it totally shifts on you like yeah well in yeah. part of the um interview he kind of talks about that he wanted to be able to i guess throw a curveball to the um to the audience that would enjoy you know the niche audience that would enjoy these trauma films as well so it's like it was unexpected for everybody which again i can appreciate but then i does it like also alien you know if you're alien alienating all of your audience does that pose any sort of an issue or things like that that's what i guess is yeah i mean i could see some trauma fans that would like kind of go with this movie but yeah. i feel like a lot would be disappointed mm -hmm. but but i mean if you're intentionally alienating people then yeah there's really nothing anyone can say <laughs> to you either yeah. i mean that's fine well, I mean, I think I think the way that the movie kind of kind of wraps up with, you know, the the sort of like out of left field gunfight with no audio and you know what I mean? And it's just like, motherfucker, this just no, 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 no. But I mean, there's your complete and total alienating everyone, you know, because you're watching something that's just I mean, it's it. I get what you're doing, but most people are not going to enjoy this at all. Yeah. Yeah. 
and yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> And what, what what kind of what was strange for me anyway was that, like I said, I didn't mind the movie, but that first sequence at the party. Yeah. So there's a party scene that starts the movie out. Right. And it goes on for what did I say? Probably about 10 minutes. And it was by far and away the best part of the movie. And then it never once even gets remotely close to that again, like in any way you know imaginable tone anything so i, I it was well, weird i mean like i said i didn't i didn't have a problem with the film but i can guarantee you a lot of people will well and that's like a weird telling thing to be honest because it's like when you when the film was not taking itself seriously and it knew exactly what it was trying yeah. to be it was good and then when it started to right, take itself exactly. super seriously you were like <laughs> oh my god i want to kill myself <laughs> you know, and just like, you know, we before we started, we were talking about the Lloyd Kaufman cameo that was just literally in there for no fucking reason whatsoever. And it's like, again, that's where this movie just doesn't give a shit. And it's being whatever the fuck it wants. It worked. It was completely unnecessary, but it worked. Yeah, but you wanted him to be important. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, there was a, yeah, there was major connection because um, the director worked on Shakespeare's Shitstorm, which we also did a review for. And I think a bunch of the crew did as well or something. There was a bunch of people that I think worked on that. And Lloyd Kaufman even helped, lended his voice to kind of help with crowdfunding and things like that. That's cool. So if Lloyd Kaufman ever wants to... Yeah, so there's your reason why. <laughs> so Kyle might have a script. He loves working with vomit and stuff. So Mr. Kaufman, if you want to <laughs> lend your voice. Yeah, he's definitely going to want to help me now. <laughs> I don't yeah. really need his voice, no offense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he can help me. <laughs> okay, uh, do we have any... But yeah, I, I mean, my kind of closing thing is that I will say that first like 20 minutes or so is, yeah, it's really solid in terms of, you know, what it is. It's funny. It has, but it, you know, it even adds in like the comical, what running sounds that you're used to in like cartoons and yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's dumb fun is what I'd put it as. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in it. It's just kind of multiple movies yeah. put together. And it's like, you know, yeah. I think if they had just committed to any one of those ideas, it would have been better than trying to put them all together. Yeah. In an hour and 47 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just completely uncalled for. Um, yeah, I was just, <laughs> it just reminded me too, you know, there's multiple, there's multiple, uh, like in the the opening party sequence that we were talking about, it, the the party gets busted by three cops <laughs> who show up at this house, and the cops are literally just wearing blue button down shirts <laughs> without any kind of like markings whatsoever. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, surely you're aware, right, that this is not what cops wear. I mean. <laughs> 
but that worked when you're doing yeah. you know like once you're like this is a trauma movie wink like you could kind of do whatever the fuck you want and people are yeah. just gonna go with it that is true that is yeah. true i don't know i think even for me it was just like i don't care how fucking stupid you want to get but <laughs> come on man you got to do better than that <laughs> well even i think a couple of them didn't even have badges or anything at points. I know. Just yeah. like they had shirt. One, of them, <laughs> one of them randomly did have a badge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, this movie will annoy most people, but I didn't have a yeah. problem with it. <laughs> Despite all the problems you talked about. <laughs> um, so yeah, if, Anybody wants to hear us talk another about another industry segment we could talk about, I guess in the future, how I guess reviewing has made us want to only watch 80 minute movies. That's right. (laughs) Maximum. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. You go 81 minutes. I don't know. I might not do it. Yeah. (laughs) Does anybody else have any more to say on this before we close out? I think we did a good job of covering this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots okay, to unpack so, here. Yeah. So thank you for listening. As always, send us a review. Give us you know, whatever star rating shit. you want, I guess. Yeah. And then, you know, if you watch any of these movies, whenever I Need You Dead comes out and you have a different opinion, same opinion, whatever, send us a comment. We'd love to hear what your thoughts were on Synchronic, I Need You Dead, any of the stuff we talk about. And next, I think the next um, episode we will be doing, we'll kind of go back to our normal Cinema Obscura, where we'll talk about one of them being, I know for sure, Uzumaki. It is my, yeah, my pick next time. And then we're waiting to see if which one we can find to pair with Uzumaki which is an adaptation of Junji Ito's famous manga, Uzumaki, the same name. (laughs) But as always, thank you for listening. Bloodhound Picks Podcast is part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. Produced by Josh Lee, Craig Drum, and Kyle Hintz. Music by Raymond Seed. Editing by Kyle Hintz.